0: This is the infamous Mark Masaro, the legendary. Mm-hmm. I'm here with my friend and co-host Michelle Bader Ebersole. Look at that, flawless.
1: Fourth time, are, and now you got I,
0: it. I got it though. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I am wonderful. I'm awesome. really
0: good. What's well, been going down? Do I know there's a lot. You know why? <laughs> yes. Tell me why.
1: Okay. Well, number one, it's sunny which I love, except for it's hard to be inside when it's sunny, but it's sunny, which is great. I love summer. Summer in Washington is absolutely beautiful, Nice. Um, but some really, really exciting things happen. So this is this happened since the last podcast. So as you know, and our listeners know, I've been talking about it for a while. I've had a nonprofit called Widow Goals, which is actually what um, Widow Too Soon is under now. And it's been around a little over a year, and we've done some things in the community. Um, the first Mother's Day I had it, we went around, um, my daughter Haley and I drove around and gave gifts to mothers on Mother's Day. This past year we had a tea for mothers, and then I've done you know events here and there, um, and then we started giving scholarships for grief recovery, which is um, the grief group that I lead and so I've been doing some things in the community and I went to this event last Monday night like a week ago well two weeks when you hear this and it's called 100 women who care so a little bit about this organization it started I can't remember what city there was a crisis in this town there were not enough cribs and then the babies were in people's beds and it was just like not healthy so they decided mm-hmm. to get a hundred women together who donated $100 to give $10,000 to buy new cribs so that's how this organization started so they had one here in ridgefield where i live um so i joined i nominated widow goals and i went i had no idea how it worked like i thought if you're nominated you would have already known right but i get there and first of all they couldn't find my nomination it was like a whole thing they found anyways i got entered and it was like a drawing like like a bingo wheel they had this thing they spin and there were 23 nominations and it was crazy like i just totally felt the favor of god like how this all happened so i was the third one called and i had thankfully prepared like a couple notes really quick because the lady told me yeah if they call you call you, you have to speak i'm like okay good thing i love speaking so i made a few <laughs> notes and i was the third um organization called and i just spoke from my heart i just said when i became a widow at age 41 it was hard to find local resources and then i just talked about we want to bring widows together in the community i talked about the podcast i just talked about all these things that we do And then they have you sit down and they're like, now it's time to vote. And so as soon as like everyone's voting, but people are coming up to me, I'm a widow. Here's my card. I'm a widow. Reach out to me. Like, it was crazy. There were a lot of widows there. I didn't even know that. And Mm. then we had time. So like during that time, like everyone's talking to me and then they count them up really quick and they were like, and the winner is widow goals. And I was like, what? Like what just happened? And then they're like now we're going to count the money. Have everybody give it give the money. And then there's going to be more. So they gave me a check for $9,100. Like a fa- what are those big fake checks? And then <laughs> so it's rad. been pouring in since then and they were like tell us all your your website. And I told them and then bing 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 Venmo Venmo Venmo. It was like my phone was like blowing up and I was no like this way. is crazy. And I was like god, where am I? Like this is I just felt so like in awe of what was happening like and then it was like god, I don't even like Whoa, much is given, much is required. Now I got a big responsibility here, all of this money. But I got so excited and we've already, so I met with my board. Um, you guys remember Stacey Campbell Waits from um, Widow yep. Twice. We had two episodes with her. She was there mm-hmm. and my friend Jess, which we should interview her too. I'd love to interview her. They're both widows. They're on my board. We got together the other night and we made all these plans because we have money and we're having a retreat, which everybody will be invited to nationwide. Um, it's going to be sometime in October. And we're going to be able to keep the cost super low because we have money from this. And then we're also going to continue to give scholarships. And we're doing, we planned out our whole year, like events every single month. Like we're so excited
0: Mm, to have funding and have money.
1: So I just had to share that because I know our listeners have heard of Widow Goals and what we're doing, you know, before. And so that was exciting. And it was like just this surreal moment, like. I've never been handed one of those big checks <laughs> like, and I hadn't even invited anybody to come. Like I didn't know I was going to speak, but we get to come back on October 30th and share everything we did. So, um, Joel's going to come. My mom said she wants to come. And then, um, Jess and Stacy on my board, they're going to come and we're all going to speak about what we did with the money. And all of a sudden, all these opportunities are happening. People are reaching out to me, even wanting to today, somebody was like, um, I may want to donate to you to this thing. Tell me more about what you do. It's just like crazy. So it was totally with so God, cool. which allows us to continue doing this podcast. Like it's, it's about that too, because there are costs associated with podcasts. And so it's covering those costs right now and we'll be able to continue to do it. So it was just exciting. That was huge. That was That's huge, awesome. Huge, huge, huge. And then one other like side note thing. So I don't think I've sure shared this. Um, Joel and I got invited to do this race called Hood to Coast. So it's a relay race. You start at Mount Hood. So the hood, the hood, the mountain up here. The in and, and you go all the way to the coast, to the beach. It's a long ways. And it's, um, I think it's 14, no 12 runners. And you're running all through the night so you do like five or six miles pass it on to the next person and you're waiting it's just a whole thing i've done it twice this is my third time that's so cool super excited and we just got the legs announced today and i'm the 12th runner which is i was like i want to end the you end on the beach i was like i want to be the last runner and end on the beach so i get to be that so i'm super excited the end of august we get to do that so it's been really fun and, you know, just life. And my son is going to go back to Washington State. He leaves next Tuesday. So we're busy, like, getting him, like, packed up again and all that stuff. And yeah, it's just kind of like a whirlwind time. And then in the meantime, like, Joel and I go exploring waterfalls and, like, go all these places whenever we have time and just, you know, being, enjoying being married for now four and a half months and uh, that whole world. So that's a that's little awesome. bit, a lot of it about me. Let's talk about you.
0: Okay, well, I feel like in the future I need to go first because, like, I feel like
1: my my life
0: is a little uh, boring in comparison. It's not Um, boring. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, But yeah, definitely uh, did not have uh, anybody, you know, Ed McMahon show up at my door (laughs) with a big check. Um, I'm not running any marathons, but uh, my kids started school. Oh, yeah. Which has been awesome. Um, yes, so Alexis had like picture. locker night, and uh, you know we went and like did her locker, and she was just so That's tickled. So cute!
1: It's which crazy. Are... Like
0: they didn't have this stuff when I was in school, but like there's like locker so chandeliers, and <laughs> I was like, what? Like, but <laughs> you know Tina bought it for Alexis, which is really sweet. Um, and uh, so and and then we uh, I've seen Tina twice actually since we last recorded. I met her we met in Kentucky for just like a day trip. Nice. And then, uh, you know, she came and visited last weekend and well, it'll be last, last weekend. Um, but anyways, we had a great time. Um, and you know, it was really sweet. She wanted to get the kids some, uh, school clothes. And, Aww. um, so nice. that was part of what we did in Kentucky and she's just really nice. sweet. Um, and, uh, you know, just trying to uh, work my clients that I – my couple of clients that I have nice. doing real estate and, um, you know, learning a lot and stuff like that. But, oh, I cleaned my house.
1: Yay. Don't you always clean? I don't
0: know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I was just trying to think of something exciting – more exciting. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously visiting with Dina was really exciting. I'm just making a joke. but. um mm-hmm. So I did a kickflip for her on my skateboard. Nice. She's like, yeah, you've never shown me uh, your skateboarding moves. So, you know, I had, uh, really I, had a, I had a pair of slippers on and did a kickflip. So felt pretty proud of that. So anyways, yeah, nothing uh, to okay. – uh, I just have I to stop know, you just,
1: for a minute. Just when nothing compared slippers. to what you did. Listen, I yeah. picture slippers like you wear to bed slippers. But you mean like sandals that you put your feet in. Is that what you mean No, those
0: No, those are slides.
1: Oh, I recently Did you learned actually this mean slippers,
0: actually meant slippers, oh, yeah, okay, They're like house shoes, some people call them, like you know, okay. um i got it. Just I, I could do a barefoot if it didn't burn my feet on the grip tape, right, um, which hurts, <laughs> I've done uh-huh. it before, uh, you have to rub your feet along the the grip tape, which is like rubbing your feet along sandpaper with the weight oh, of your fun. body on it, so um, That's good. so yeah, yeah, good nothing times. uh nothing else I can think of to report, um. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, just plugging along, right? This normal, along. normal life stuff. So yeah. uh, maybe I need to sign up for a marathon or jump out of a plane or something. That's, right. I think I need to do that. Yeah, I got to show you up one of these times. And okay. be like, oh, That's nothing. Listen to what I did. <laughs> um, no, so anyways, yes. well, um, just to, uh, you know, kind of segue over into today's Topic. So we have a guest with us today. We have Wendy, excuse me, Wendy, I almost said that backwards, Wendy Robel, I almost said we um, Wendy Wobel.
2: <laughs> you <laughs> uh,
0: How That's are you hilarious. doing today, Wendy?
2: I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm so ex- so very excited to be on your podcast, you guys. Aw, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you excited Thanks to for have you. Us. Absolutely.
0: So Wendy is obviously a widow. Um, so as, as you know, all of our guests have been so far, just about all of our guests. I forgot. Michelle had one last week that was not widowed, but, um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your husband and you know, what, what you've been through?
2: So I was married for 18 years, uh, and that unfortunately ended in divorce. So Mm. a couple years later, I met Nick and Nick was, just, we, I, we met through Match.com, um, mm-hmm. which is very scary, online <laughs> dating. I'll talk about that a little more <coughs> again later. But, um, but we, we did come across each other on Match and um, happened to live about 10 minutes from each other. And so we wow. met in October, our first date and first meeting was, um, in October of 2019. And we met at a, like a little pub that had a dartboard, And so we just had a, had a really casual dinner. And then we played a couple rounds of darts, which I'd never played before in my life. And, Mm -hmm. um, it it was just like immediate connection, immediate. And Mm -hmm. I had dated a little bit before, before I met Nick. Um, but it was he was so easy to talk to he was hilarious just matched my sense of humor which is also a little scary but um <laughs> we we just got along so so naturally and so well and the um it, it, i was just blown away and a little bit later um a few days later he said he told me you know i had a couple other first dates lined up because he's he said I've I've been alone long enough I don't I want to meet somebody you know I want to meet the one he said so I've been like aggressively setting up first dates and he said I had a couple more set up for that weekend that we met we met on a Friday <laughs> evening and he said and I canceled all of them because he was like there was not <gasps> I he was like it was just you know our date was absolutely fantastic so so, you know, we dated for about a year and then we got married in October of 2020. Um, mm. Very, very tiny wedding because it was like right in the middle of the COVID thing. Um, but we had a, we got married in his dad's family room. Um, mm. But it, it was also a second marriage for him. And in March Fast forward to March of 2021, he started having some weird symptoms and got tested for COVID, and it was negative. And finally, he's like, I'm just going to go get, you know, very anti-doctor kind of a guy. But he's like, I'm going to go figure out what this is and get it taken care of. And um, it ended up being stage four liver cancer. Mm-hmm. And so five months after the diagnosis, he, he went to be with Jesus. And so it was very, wow. it, it was a whirlwind relationship. By the time he passed, we had not even known each other for two full years. Wow. So my situation is probably quite a bit different than a lot of widows where we did not have a long marriage at all. I mean, five months. Um, and, you know, we planned to be camping and taking our girls on trips. And we had, literally, we had things planned out until we were, like, 80. And so we were <clears throat> so excited. We were just so pumped and happy that, you know, our paths had crossed and then gone, just done. And it, it was like a punch in the gut that, that you never expect, you know, like, this isn't the kind of thing that ever was supposed to happen to me. This happens to other people. Right. And boom, you're right there in it. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was such an extraordinary experience and just so unusual. And, um, you know, he passed away at 48 and. It just, when I tell people, they still just are speechless, you know, that we were married five months and then, and then he passed away. We didn't even get a year. We didn't even get half a year, you know? And so that's, I think, what makes my particular story a little bit unusual. Um, I know many women, many widows who were married, widows and widowers who were married for several years, you know, um, and, and left and then their spouse passed. And I, I don't think that one situation is harder than the other, but I think they must be very different. Um, when you're, when you're with someone and you see them every day for like 25 years and then you lose them how different does that feel than when you're with someone for, you know, not even two years and then they leave you? Um, I don't know. I mean, we had that, that, um, that excitement and the newness and just the, we were so just amped about starting our lives together. And, um, forming this new little family with my daughter and his daughter. And so we had that element, I guess that element of newness still when this bomb dropped, you know. Mm -hmm. So that is the story in a nutshell.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you for opening up and sharing that. What was it like, let's go back a little bit, like when you first got the diagnosis, how did he take it? How did you take it? What was that like for you? So he took it
2: way better than I did. Um, mm-hmm. He was way more positive than I was. He is more hopeful than I was. Um, he obviously he was very very scared, and more than anything, he was very angry. Mm-hmm. But for example, the day that he told me that they found. In new, immeasurable tumors on his liver. I was at work. I worked in, as, as a cake decorator in a bakery and he called me and I knew he was at the doctor. You know, he was um, kind of keeping me updated and he called and I could tell he was crying. And this was also the kind of man that didn't really cry. Um, so I knew it must have been pretty bad. And he goes, hi, sweetie. And his voice was shaky. And I was like, I reached in my purse for altoids because whenever I need soothing, I have to eat altoids. I don't know why. They just soothe me, mm-hmm. they calm my nerves just a tiny bit. So I was digging in my purse for an altoid. I'm like, okay, what did they say? Mm-hmm. He said, there's um, they did a CT scan and there's measurable tumors on my liver. And I said, well, that doesn't mean anything. We don't know yet. Could be anything. Could be anything. And he's like, well, The doctor told me that he's never seen a case of this many tumors where it was not um, end stage cancer. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So that day, that day he was, the day he found out, he did not take it well at all. And he just cried and cried and kept hugging me. And he kept saying, he kept apologizing to me. I'm so sorry. You know, we're just getting started. I am so sorry. And I said, please stop apologizing. I said, that's absurd. You never in a million years would have asked for this. We had no clue. Um, You know, all he had was a a weird pain in his right side that went kind of up to his shoulder. That was it. Um, That was what brought him to the doctor to say, what is this from? And so, um, but after that, after that initial day, the day that we found out, He was a lot more calm than I was. Um, And I went to his first oncologist appointment with him. And I'm a very mild-mannered person. It takes a lot to get me upset or angry. Like, it takes a lot for me to demonstrate anger. Um, But the oncologist walked into the room, and I stood up, and I blocked him from Nick, and I pointed at him and I said, "How does a 48-year-old perfectly healthy man get cancer?" And Nick was like, "Okay, sit down." And I sat down and I said, "Um, we live in we lived in Wisconsin at the time and I there are two like not competing, but two very large hospitals in that area. And I asked him about the cancer survival rates of the other hospital. And he's like, we don't know. We don't know enough about Nick's particular case. And I grabbed Nick's arm. I'm like, we're going to the other one. And I started... I was just... I needed to blame someone. And that poor doctor at that time was the person I was blaming because he was a cancer doctor. So just all kinds of crazy emotions. And I was... Yeah. Once I went back to work... I took a couple days off work. And once I went back, I just you know, I was trying to decorate cakes and I, I was just throwing spatulas across the floor and I, I was so angry. and I didn't know where to go with that anger. And, um, Nick was not, he was angry and confused, but he was not demonstrating it like I was. And that is extremely uncharacteristic for me, um, to do things like that, to throw things and yell at doctors and. So, you know, I acted out a bit, um, whereas he was, at the beginning, rather calm. Um, We kind of flip-flopped. At the beginning, he was calm, and towards the end, he got very angry and would say things like, I did not ask for this. I don't want this. I want to watch my daughter grow up, Um, because she was only 14 at the time, and... I kind of did the opposite. Um, I was super angry at the beginning, and it very slowly that anger started to subside into just plain anticipatory grief. Um, right. So it was it was an interesting it was interesting the way that we both responded, um, mm-hmm. and it would change from day to day and sometimes minute to minute. You know. Um, Mm. And we didn't know how long he had. So the prognosis was uh, a year to 18 months if he did chemo and without chemo about six months. And he did do seven rounds of chemo, but it's still... um, He only only made it five months. Mm. So the prognosis, you know that they give you is always just an estimate they don't know i mean they know in general but um
0: no they really don't there's no way for them to know that
2: exactly so
0: i know what you're saying Mm
2: -hmm. so were you able to be with
1: him when he passed away
2: i was not um he didn't want me to be he didn't want anybody to be with him when he passed um he did not he didn't like showing weakness (laughs) but I'm sorry when you have stage 4 cancer you have no choice. But he didn't he was he passed away at the hospice center and it was 3:45 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um so as so often happens he passed in the middle of the night and um I got a phone call right afterwards and they the hospice center said you know he passed and mm-hmm. so then his dad and his dad and I um met met up and went from there but no he did not want us to be at his bedside and I was fine with that because I didn't really want to watch him pass um Mm -hmm. so no one was with him when he passed and Mm -hmm. he had been very highly medicated with morphine for about six days at that point and he didn't he didn't he slept for the last like four days of it so Mm -hmm. it's not like he was like nobody's with me you know he didn't know he had no
1: idea Mm -hmm. so yeah walk us through those those first few days like the first day for me it was a lot of shock even though i was coming just like all the emotions like what was it like for you in the beginning
2: the very, very first feeling that I felt when I got the phone call that he had passed was was relief. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes sounds very absurd when I tell people that, but he had suffered so profoundly in that five months right. between the chemo and the cancer itself. He had suffered so much. Mm-hmm. and. I, I literally think I just like exhaled, and I was like, "Okay, God, he's with you." Yep. You know, now he's in perfection, and he's he's got a brand new body. And um. But after that relief passed, it was like you said, definitely shock. Even though I knew it was coming, right. and um. I do struggle. I have struggled almost my entire life with anxiety, on and off. And my anxiety was, I, I, I couldn't eat. I had to drink, mm-hmm. like, those those shakes, um, mm-hmm. just protein Insure. shakes. Uh. Yes, that's exactly what they were, Ensure. And so I lived on those for a few weeks, and um, I was, I guess the worst part, of the The couple of weeks after he passed was being in our home without him mm. um, I hated being there i I just didn't want i didn't want to sleep there i didn't want to sit in the family room without him and that was an absolutely horrible feeling, and we didn't know many people in that area, so I didn't really have we had just moved to that town home because we had to sell our house, um, right after he was diagnosed and we moved into a rental town home and we didn't know any neighbors yet. And so I didn't have anyone to just go to when I felt like I was going to crawl out of my skin, you know? And so, um, incredibly lonely, so lonely. I didn't know a person could feel that lonely. Uh, and my family was very much there for me. But I'm talking like, I'm actually talking like the first, like after the funeral. And then I went to spend two weeks with my family. And then after I got home from that, there I was alone again. And it, it was awful. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, Mm -hmm. just lonely, devastated, um, lonely is the biggest word I can come up with. Yeah. And so if I would have had more people... To reach out to and say, um, hey, can you just come sit with me? I don't need you to even say anything. I just need your presence with me. Um, but I didn't really have that because we hadn't lived in that area very long. So, um, it was, it was really an awful mix of extremely intense emotions and definitely the biggest feeling for me was loneliness and and complete despair Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. gosh yeah i really i relate to a lot of that stuff you're talking about even even going all the way back to when you were um saying you were angry with the oncologist because you needed somebody to be angry at and um i I really remember that feeling and yeah even when you have the anticipatory grief Mm -hmm. there's there's not much that can prepare you for what it's going to actually feel like when they're gone Exactly. Um, but I also and I don't think a lot of people would really understand this unless they were either close to the person that died or they've Mm -hmm. been through this but I I totally understand what you're saying the sense of relief Um, because it is horrible to watch somebody suffer my wife suffered greatly also and it was just the most inexplicable thing you just can't explain it to somebody and actually I was having a conversation with Tina when she was here and it was weird like I just I was talking about Lacey and what she went through and what I watched Mm -hmm. and I lost it and I was like bawling to her like I haven't cried like that since Lacey died I could hardly talk I was just a groveling mess and um, but there is a extreme intense sense of relief yeah. when it's finally over and you know that you're not going to hear them suffering and pain anymore. And, yeah. um, it doesn't mean that you don't miss them or that this isn't horrible, right. but just knowing like you can breathe this sigh of relief that like, mm-hmm. okay. And like you said, I, I really think that that is a gift to believers. Um, Absolutely. because we always have that, like, Oh, you're with him. Like oh, I remember gosh. that was the yeah. first thought that went through my when I yes. you know saw my wife and she was gone it, of course there was like this oh my gosh and my eyes just started filling up with tears but sure. the first real thought I had was whoa you're with him now and uh so anyways yeah it is uh I just wanted you to know you're not alone in that that's a very very common mm-hmm. um feeling for people who've watched their spouse suffer yeah, um, It's very different from the instant finding out they died in a car accident or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, It's very, very different. There's obviously no relief for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you listening who did not lose your spouse to cancer or illness or some COVID, something drawn out, mm-hmm. um, don't think we're weird. This is something that we've watched mm-hmm. somebody suffer for a long time that you exactly. love and adore and watching yes. them just fall apart is horrendous mm-hmm. um
1: oh my gosh.
0: so uh but i'm sorry michelle did i cut you off or were you about to ask another no, question I think we
1: just both had questions that, or wanted to say something at the same time so um wendy i've followed your journey here and there for the last like year or i don't know long time and i've seen mm-hmm. that you are not still in that place that you were in the very beginning and so I'm not. what Yeah, so what was it that helped you get out of that and find your joy? Because I see, like, a lot of, like, really smiling posts and funny posts. And, like, (laughs) how did you get to where you are now?
2: The joy of the Lord. Mm. Amen. Um, You know, and... I am going to cry in this one. That's okay. (laughs) I do not know... Um. Like you said, Marco, we as believers, is it's everything. Like how do people that don't believe and don't know Jesus where does their hope come from, you know? Mm. Um Yeah. I cannot even begin to imagine that. And God has just been so good. And He's provided so much. He is I have seen I've seen him working in my life and blessing me so specifically mm. since,
0: that's amazing.
2: Since Nick's diagnosis. Not even since he passed, but since he was diagnosed, you know. Um never in my life in my I'm currently forty eight, never in my forty eight years have I seen such specific blessings from him. Mm. And it's been so amazing. Mm he just deserves all the glory because he has gotten me in so many specific ways to where i am now and um i i do have quite a sense of humor and um that was completely just shut down for a long time obviously and then Slowly but surely, I started to laugh again and make other people laugh again, mm-hmm. and I love that. Like, laughing is, feels so, so good after grief, during grief. Um, the other night, I was just hanging out with my daughter and some friends, laughing so hard I could not breathe. Mm-hmm. And I just was thinking, this feels so darn good. And um, to be a little more specific when nick passed um i had a really hard time even being not only being in our home without him but being in our town without him because everywhere Mm -hmm. i looked i saw him you know and so one thing that i did that i've heard counselors advise against is i made a decision to move and i moved an hour and a half north So I'm still in Wisconsin, but I'm way up north, closer to the Green Bay area now.
0: Hmm.
2: And I have met so many precious people and been blessed with great, you know, work. And now I'm a teacher's aide for middle schoolers and just cannot wait for the new school year to start. You know, those kids are just fantastic. And, um... This, this cat right here has been my comfort <laughs> cat, big time. Uh, that, that's David. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so moving an hour and a half away has been massively healing for me. Mm-hmm. Some people, I completely understand if, somebody, if that would not be a good decision. But for me, it was. And um, I also... Didn't shut people out. Um, I never really got silent. I love sharing my story. I love telling people details. I love telling people how amazing God has been. And um, so I just literally the joy of the Lord is my strength, and He has in, so two years ago, tomorrow is when Nick died. And it's, first of all, I can't believe it's been two years. It feels like about three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just, I've made pretty specific decisions and choices that have led to my healing. And Mark, you said the the other day that you just started sobbing like a baby, and that Absolutely still happens to me, too. Mm -hmm. Um, There will be one little tiny thing that triggers it, and I'm just a puddle on the floor. You know, it doesn't... That sadness and grief does not go away, ever. Mm -hmm. But you do learn to live your life around it. And you learn to... My, My personal mission is to help people understand that when you lose a spouse, it sucks, it's horrible, it's, it's unbearable, but it does get better. It doesn't always feel so raw. It really does get better. I want
0: better. people to hear that too. Like for those of you in the beginning, we know there's a lot of you listening that um, this is a very new life to you. I think what she said is really important for you to understand you're, I'm going to word it a little differently. Um, but grief is not something you get over. It's mm-hmm. something you learn to live with. Mm-hmm. And through, but also, that's a great example of what Michelle and I have said in several episodes is that um, it's not just time, it's what you do with the time. Yes. And if you're proactively searching for your healing, and leaning on the lord and you know all doing all the things and you know signing up for grief counseling with michelle um you know Mm -hmm. just different things like that but if you're actively you know reading books listening to podcasts i mean obviously you're listening to podcasts yeah (laughs) um but you're doing these things you're on the right track or youtube sorry (laughs) Um, shout out to our sponsor youtube Um, but you're you're constantly um, pursuing your healing, and we actually yeah. did an episode a long time ago called "Pursuing the Positive Emotions."
2: Yeah. Oh, I love and, that. And uh,
0: that was way back. Yeah, that was way back. And so it is back,
2: yeah.
0: as much as it is out of your control, it mm-hmm. is very much in your control. Uh, what Amen. you do with it, and yes. your outlook, your perspective, your decisions you make, and Michelle and I also went against the grain and moved away. Michelle sure. moved to a different part of Washington to be closer with her family. Yeah. I moved from Southern California to East Tennessee, oh
2: my not gosh, really knowing wow.
0: anybody here. So, yeah. but I, for the same reason as you, I needed a new life. Yeah. I just, right, right, right. everywhere I looked mm-hmm. was Lacy. everywhere I looked was yes. something that made me sad, something that brought me down. And I yeah. am not, I wasn't, um, some, one of the big mistakes I made that I've often said on here is I was not the type to share with people because I felt like I was going to bring them down. And so that was a mistake I made. So I Mm -hmm. dealt with a lot of things internally in my Mm -hmm. head, um, which I don't recommend, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, talk to people about this stuff, but anyways, but I just, I just wanted people in the beginning to, to focus and and understand that, that you're not going to get over it. You're gonna learn to live with nope. it, and then you'll be. That's you're right. gonna be okay once you learn to live with it. And yes, yeah, the grief you're still be comes. Okay. And, Michelle, and talk. I remember a long time ago you explained um, grief. Grief coming in waves, mm-hmm.
1: like being in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to. Can you? Because yeah, you did, you did a, a good bit. job
0: explaining that.
1: And and I I do want to um just disagree just a little bit mostly because what i do is called grief recovery and like i do believe you can recover from grief i believe we will always miss Mm. them and we will still have waves here Mm -hmm. and there but i believe i think it's just that we're saying the same thing in different ways like we will you Mm -hmm. can continue and have a full life and -hmm. recover from where you were in the beginning but we will still always miss them and in grief recovery, we talk about, um, let's say there's mm-hmm. a flat tire, you get a flat tire and you sit there and you're like, in a year, it'll be full if I just wait. But if you don't take the action to put the air in there, it's going to start, it's not going to fill up and we're not going to be anywhere different. So it's the same mm. thing. Like I didn't get it in the beginning because like, I was like, Perfect. I did really well and I didn't understand why people didn't. And then when I learned in grief recovery, no, it's what you do with the time. I would meet widows 10 years out yep. and they'd be in the same place and I'd be like, I'm so sad. It's never going to get better. Like Mm. what? Right. And so Wendy, I believe you have the same mission that we do is to always be like, it's going to get better with the steps, you know, you take towards recovery. And that's my main mission is because when I became a widow, I knew seven widows. Somehow God had already placed all these widows in my life. I called Mm -hmm. every single one of them and said, does it get better? And they all told me yes. And so that's my mission is like, I want people to know because it was so difficult during those first days. Yes, And so, yeah, I'm so happy to see where you are, where God has taken you. Were there any like specific verses or songs that helped you through this time period?
2: Oh, yes. Um, So there's a song by Casting Crowns, um, Scars in Heaven. Oh, I love and that one. That song just brings me to my knees because it talks about how the only scars in heaven um are on the hands that hold you now. Um Ooh, so good. <sighs> that's so good. I so and good. <laughs> and it just talks it talks about how in heaven you are just made perfect. You have a new yeah. body. You are in complete perfection and you are in the presence of God every minute of every day for the rest of eternity and that is just such a comfort to me so that song was huge um and so Isaiah 61 starting in verse 3 has been is now my life verse um It talks about how God brings beauty for ashes, Mm, strength for fear, gladness for mourning, and peace for despair. Mm. And so, yeah, Isaiah sixty-one start starting in verse three, um, because he really does. There, there are a couple versions. um, There are a couple different songs called "Beauty for Ashes," and those are also they go right along with the passage um, from Isaiah. And yeah. He does, he does do all those things. Those are four specific things, and he does, he does ultimately bring beauty from ashes. Um, yeah. He brings – look That's what he awesome. did, Michelle. He brought this podcast yeah. from you losing your beloved husband. He brought um, Mark into this podcast. To The two of you are helping people so much, and I just thank
0: you. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: you. In your other oh. ministries, Michelle, just look what he's doing through such an awful thing, you know?
0: Right. Mm.
2: right.
0: Yeah, we never know how he's working, and it's, it's so right. interesting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. It's something
0: we've talked about a lot on here before, that, like, we see <laughs> our life in a very linear fashion. We can yes. just see what's right in front of us, what's right in front of us, but God is in the fourth dimension, essentially looking at our whole life that's already beginning to end. He sees the whole thing.
1: And so there's a
0: lot of times where we feel like our life is falling apart, but he's setting the stage for something else. And I mean, that's, that's where faith comes in. That's why it's such a gift that we can give to the Lord is Mm -hmm. our our faith because we have to believe, um, and even though I know that's not directly what the Jeremiah twenty nine eleven verse means, but that um he does have a plan for our life. He was he talking sure to a specific does. group of people at that time and whatever, but sure. um but it's true. He does have a specific um outline for our life. If yeah. we will be obedient to him, there's blessings in our life and um right. I've had a tremendous blessing, not only helping people. That feels tremendous that Michelle and I are, are able to help people. But this is how I met Tina. The, she's a listener. She's also widowed. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's crazy. Um, That's so I cool. I have met her, and then the Lord yeah. was leading me to Tennessee. Yeah. And I'm only I moved from Southern California to four and a half hours away from Tina. So we are doing long distance. But I wouldn't even have considered it if I lived in sure. Southern California. Okay. Um, It's only because it was driving. To, I mean, we we can go two and a half hours each, and we meet each other in Kentucky, and yeah. we do that as often as we can. So, anyways, it is interesting yep. how the Lord does. You know, they say the Lord works in mysterious ways, right? And
2: yeah, for real. No, absolutely. So it's
0: you know maybe God entrusts us with difficult situations, or maybe God knows that it's going to help shape us into the Christ-like image that he wants us to be like that we pray right. to be like and so right. he might give us scenarios in which you know to change and benefit ourselves um mm-hmm. to be more yeah. like him but anyways
2: My so awesome yeah. thoughts yes I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with everything you just said and that is so it's amazing how he works
1: yes mm-hmm. so what is the most challenging thing for you about being widowed uh, oh, let's see. I honestly
2: I was thinking about this earlier today and I would say for me the most challenging thing at the point that I'm at right now, um, almost exactly 2 years out is I I wish that I could just call call Nick for for mm-hmm. 5 minutes and just say, "Look, I think you'd be proud of me. This is what's going on because I don't know. I don't know if God gives people glimpses of their loved ones from heaven. I have no idea. My guess is no, but I don't know. Um, but I so many things happen that I just wish I could be like, because he, he was the one I told everything to, like everything. And mm-hmm. I still wish that I could tell, not just anybody, but specifically Nick, you know? Because I know he'd be excited, and and he would be, he'd probably crack some snarky joke, you know, Mm -hmm. about what I'm, what's going on in my life right now and stuff, and I just wish that I could just give him a little update, you know? Like, hey, first of all, I'm doing okay, you know? My life is drastically different now, and think you'd be proud of me. And I just, I miss being able to talk to him. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's for me. uh,
0: Sorry. If I could give you um, a small piece of advice, um, remember that we can ask for anything in Jesus name. I often pray with my kids and I ask God in the name of Jesus to share my words with Lacey. I don't know how that works i know we do michelle and i have talked about this we do know that heaven people in heaven have some idea of what's going on on earth we don't know the extent of that but i like to believe in my heart that if i ask faithfully in jesus name and i just start saying what i want to say to lacy or my kids start saying what they want to say to mommy we feel like those messages are being delivered, and I don't think there's anything anti-biblical about that. If anybody in the audience, um, please correct me if I'm wrong. If there is something I'm doing wrong there, but because um, I'm not talking directly to her or anything like that, but I understand what you mean. Yeah, it's like right. you just want them to know. And actually, so so he went home on August 10th, 2021. Um, right? it was August 9. Nine. Literally okay. like
2: 3:45 this coming morning would be oh, so exact. It's tomorrow tomorrow
0: yeah oh i thought you said in two days i'm sorry actually um so for me it's in five days uh oh, Lacey wow. went home August 13th 2020 okay mm-hmm. oh so, so, yeah so um that's another thing i like to uh write lacy letters on uh-huh. facebook um mm-hmm. so that's something you can do too to feel like you're communicating but um All sorry right. go ahead michelle
1: We've talked about this before, that I, and this is why I teach my kids, like, that, you know, there's a great cloud of witnesses in heaven, some yeah. people have gone before us, and that their dad can see the happy things on earth, like, he can't mm-hmm. see sadness in heaven, and so I Correct. believe he's there, and we have had, like, the weirdest things happen, like, whenever we take a picture, and then there's, like, light shining down on it, I since the mm. beginning, started happening right after Luke died. I'm like yeah. i feel like that's that's not daddy but that's god saying daddy sees this and it happens like on every big moment it's so weird that's i just a, took a picture absolutely phenomenal yeah i just took a picture of my youngest oh that's another thing i didn't talk about my youngest his permit crazy um, Oh wow i took a picture and i showed him and it was the light like the the sun i'm like i believe daddy's wow. seen that and when my daughter just got her license same thing I mean, it's just like we have too many things that I'm like, oh, sure. you can't see the sun in the picture, right? But then you take it, and there's a streak right down it. And yeah, it's like a so ray of things. light.
2: Yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm.
1: we're always like, I that yeah. daddy sees this. And That's so believe, super cool. Yeah, that they. Can it's amazingly see the, cool. Yeah, I, I really I love see. both of your perspectives on
2: that, and asking think, yeah. asking God to deliver <laughs> deliver a message, and and you know, yeah, your yeah. The other day, my daughter and I were, were walking outside, and a uh, uh, probably the biggest dragonfly I've ever seen. He was he was a good probably four inches long, wow. and he was metallic blue, and he and it was sunny, and he was literally like sparkling. And this dragonfly just flew right past us. Not just like wow. oh, in front of us. It it was like a foot in front of us, and we both said hi, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so i do i do feel like hey there's some kind of like acknowledgement from him of this moment so i mm-hmm. I, I, guess, I totally and it, it's it brings such joy you know when things like yeah. that happen. Uh, yeah
0: and whether or not we're right or wrong about these things like yeah. i don't know yeah. if god's yeah, actually yeah. sharing my words with Lacey, but it exactly. brings me peace and i enjoy exactly. and it brings my peace <laughs>
1: Yes, um, that's
2: that's cute. priceless. My little boy
0: Luke uh, just the other day, he's like, "Daddy, did you know angels are real?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I knew that." You know, and he's like, "What are they like?" And I was like, "Oh, let me, let me, let's talk." You know, it was that's it was awesome. really neat. Yeah, that is
1: so cool. So Wendy, just a, a few more questions. Um, so, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about dating again, or have you dated, and how how has that been for you? Or
2: I've dated quite thoughts? a bit. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. So I feel like after someone loses a spouse through divorce or, or through death, I think some women, there's two types of women. This is my philosophy. There's the kind that says I'm done with men. And then there's the kind that says I don't want to live the rest of my life without a man, without Mm -hmm. my person. And I'm very much that second kind of woman. So... Mm -hmm. I have dated. Um, On my website, on my author website, I have a blog. And on one of those blogs, I write about dating being like, especially online dating, being like, I kind of equate it to looking for just the right kind of sweater. Like, you've got the kind of sweater in (laughs) mind that you want, the colors, the size. You've got everything figured out, and you're looking for it, and you hope it exists. You go to Goodwill, and you look through, you know, 30 racks of tops, shirts, and maybe that time that you're at Goodwill, you don't find anything. But at least you looked, you know. And then you go a few weeks later, and you're looking for that same sweater. Maybe it's here now, you know. And you go, and sometimes you find a sweater that's acceptable, but not just the right one. And then you, if you're really, you know if the Lord wills it, you find your dream sweater and it fits perfectly and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's got a few strings here and there, but you know, you can fix those. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I, I kind of like that analogy and, um, so yeah, I, I, I am now dating someone that I believe is my sweater.
1: Yay! And
2: it's, It's taken a while to weed through the racks, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) sure enough, he came into my life just about three months ago, and, um, yeah, and it, again, it just, he understands, he, I think, Michelle, one time I thought that I heard you say, um, it's hard to date a widow, or someone... You heard that, and then some-
0: somebody commented that on People one of our YouTube videos.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it like is. it's hard to date a widow, and I
2: or a widower, and I can understand that. Um, I think that it would be very hard if the shoe was on the other foot. But the the man that I'm dating is so incredibly accepting of it, and mm-hmm. he read my book and and gave me mm-hmm. feedback, and just was like, "I'm so sorry. I can't imagine what you went through." And um. You know, you were Nick, you were definitely Nick's angel that he needed to walk through that cancer with yep. him. And, you know, he's so, and some people would be like, stop talking about, you know, mm-hmm. stop talking about your spouse that passed. That's enough. Get over it. He's he's not like that at all. He's so understanding and so awesome. sensitive and just wonderful. So, oh, that's um, amazing.
1: That's great. I'm so happy for you.
2: Thank you. Well, and I'm happy for both of you, too. Incredibly happy. Thank you, too. So,
1: Thanks. Yeah, I just, found
0: a Gucci know. suit at the thrift store.
2: See? So, yeah. Um, and Michelle, you know, with Joel, just, um,
1: it's just amazing. A pilot suit. A pilot suit. Yeah. There you go. I I yes. I found Captain America. Captain America. Woo! I found the best of the best. So, yeah. I yeah, love, really love,
2: I love that analogy for you guys, too. <laughs> A Gucci suit. Yes. Pilot yes. suit. That's so great. I'm so
1: happy for you. And speaking so, of, oh, finish your thought. And then I, I was to just
2: going to say for those listening too, just know that you can love again. Um, yes. There is no limit on love and you can, mm-hmm. that the person that you end up loving after you became a widow or widower is not going to be. Be the person that you lost. There's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of differences in personality and just so many differences. But just, you know, I say get out there and if if you have any desire to date again, yes, you need some time to heal and you don't need to jump right out there, but eventually when you feel like God has you ready, I very much would encourage people to get out there just get out there meet people and you never know you know yeah Yeah. we so, spend all
0: this time learning how to love in our marriages
2: and yeah, you don't forget exactly. how to do that
0: you just That's continue exactly growing right. in your ability to love and um, yep. you also have this really deep appreciation for life yeah um, yeah you don't take things for granted. You you feel you so much more moment. willing to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so much more willing to like not argue about small stuff, and you know just oh to like gosh, let things totally. go as soon as you like remember. You're like, oh yeah, like I know what can happen in life, and it's like, yes. let's, yeah, let's not waste time
2: on this or whatever you're you're you know pretty pretty whatever much it might expert be. Expert level, so don't waste that. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Yep, that, that was is one so of true. The
1: first the first things that Joel said they liked about me is that I like had a whole different perspective on life than anybody he knew. Like mm. that I didn't take yeah, things for yeah, granted yeah. and just enjoy every sure. moment and, and all of that yep. stuff. And I want to tell everybody to yes. not settle for a sweater that doesn't accept your late spouse. <laughs> you, <you're laughs> yeah, sweater, oh, absolutely. Guess, that, like they can't accept that you're still going to have pictures of your last sweater. You're going to talk about your last sweater. You still love your last sweater. You don't need yep. that sweater. Boom. Yeah, That's you're going right. to find
0: out that sweater's unraveling in the back.
1: Ooh, yeah. yeah. This is going to come all exactly. apart. Exactly, yes. That was so yes. great. So, w- Wendy, I wanted to talk about your book because you mentioned your book earlier, and I know you wrote one. So could you tell us and tell the audience a little bit about what is your book, what's it about, and, of course, we'll put links to where everybody can find it. So we'd love to hear more about
2: Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So when I – I knew that I wanted to write a book – the day that Nick was, dia- was diagnosed, because I'd been wanting to write a book for probably since high school. And so the day that he was diagnosed and, and we found out, you know, the bottom dropped out of our world. I was like, well, this is finally it. This is what I'm going to write a book about. Because I had dabbled. I'd started books and nothing came of them. So um, I actually started documenting things like um, journal entries, uh texts to and from friends that reached out, and CaringBridge posts, um, you know, that I would put on the CaringBridge website with updates, and um, because I knew that I need, I wanted to save those, because I knew that they would be part of my book, because we can all talk about, we can all talk about what it was like, and what it's like now but nothing conveys the real rawness of the experience like your thoughts as it's happening. Right. And so I've, a lot of my book, um, the the probably the whole second half of my book is word-for-word um, word excerpts uh, that I wrote as it was happening. Um, mm. You know, things like I wish that Cancer had a face so I could just sock it in the nose over and over and over again. You know, just whatever was on my mind came out. And my book, it's called Their Wings Caught the Sun because of Nick's love for dragonflies and his fascination with how their wings just reflected the sun and they would just shine. And for a macho guy, um, it was kind of cool I loved his fascination with dragonflies, so um, it's called "Their Wings Caught the Sun," And the first half is about how we met. It's got some funny stories, camping stories, <laughs> stories about how, you know, um, on our honeymoon, which is basically just a weekend camping trip, um, he had told me that uh, the the few little coarse hairs that would grow out of my chin, he could kind of feel those when we were kissing, and he said, "If you want." I can get you. And I'll pay for an appointment at a, um, whatever those people are called oh that remove hairs permanently. And I was like, you chose our honeymoon to talk about my chin hairs, and it's just, oh you know, there were, there were. That's just one example, but, you know, I, there's just some funny stories. So first yeah. you laugh, and then, the diagnosis comes, and then you. You know, what I like to say about my book is something that I heard on, I think, the Today Show, um, talking about a different book. The guy said, the book reviewer said, this book breaks your heart and then puts it back together again. And that's Mm. kind of, I was like, Mm. oh my gosh, that's my book to a T. So it just comes full circle um, about our, it's our whirlwind, super short relationship story and what happened and how we dealt with it. And the last chapter talks about just my advice, having gone through it, having walked through it, this is the advice that I am giving to you. Um, basically God is good and it will not always feel like this. Mm, um, that's awesome. So, It's a great book. Oh, there's also art pages in it. For every chapter, I did an art page. So there's 16 chapters and 16 art pages. And they are... Now, I'm not a talented artist by any stretch of the imagination, but I just did, like, doodles, creative lettering, quotes, Bible verses, um, just with watercolor paint and markers. And I just... I love how um, those art pages just they're very powerful. They're, they just make everything kind of feel a little more real. Um, so the, I think the art pages make it incredibly engaging too. So, and I've had people say, once I started, Mm, I couldn't put it down, you know, and, um, I've gotten some phenomenal feedback and I, I hope, I, I hope and pray this is my first book of, of more. Um, I, I'm not sure what future books would be about, but this one is, is my baby and it's a memoir to Nick and mm-hmm. what God did awesome. through him and through our story.
1: Nice. So we can find mm, that awesome. at Amazon,
2: Barnes and Noble, Barnes and your and website, Noble. is that right? Which is, yep. what's your website? Yep. Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. And then, um, so the publisher that published my book is called Westbow Press and basically, if you go to my author site, which is simply wendyrobel.com, you will see um, just kind of a synopsis of the book. you'll see some photos, and then you'll see, um, if you click on the menu, I think it says buy the book." And then you click on that and you can see you can purchase the um, soft cover, the hardcover or the ebook. And I would love to make an audio book. I need to I would love to yes. read it as an audiobook. I just don't know what all is involved in that. I I'm,
1: can I did that mm. for my book Cancer Can't Crush Us, so we can talk some other time and I did it all myself Let's, and got it up. Do that. So it's it's on Amazon. Oh no. no. it's on Audible.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: So, and I taught myself. I am so going I can teach to read you. that.
2: <laughs> Listen to that. Okay. That's amazing. I would love to connect about that.
1: Yeah. That'd be phenomenal. Yes, I, I've written several books too. In fact, Mark and I have yeah. started a book, but uh, we oh, have a couple chapters, and we're going to call it "Widow Too Soon." So, um, yeah. That's that we, fantastic. Uh, when we have time to work
2: on. <laughs> yeah, like you but guys I, don't have anything else going on, so you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I did start a book um, a long time ago called "Widow Goals," and I do have the okay. entire book I did. Um, all the outline all the things i went through with proverbs 31 ministry they chose a hundred people and i was one of them to go through their boot camp and then they chose one person to get published, it wasn't me, but I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I have the whole book book proposal, boot camp, boot camp that's what it's called, I have the whole book proposal, but then when oh I met my Mark, word. we added his writing into it, and it's I think it's yeah. really good having both perspectives. So that is one oh, of our wow. to finish that. <laughs> we will, okay, time. so that, <laughs> <with the goals. laughs> yeah, it's one of our goals. <laughs> yes, Anyways, that is yeah. fantastic.
2: Keep keep yes. going with that, because I want to read it. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. You've shared so much insight and I think you're gonna be I know you're gonna be such an inspiration to people to see where you're at. Start you know, talking about where you were and then where you are now and just your perspective yeah. and I mm-hmm. love one of the things that I'm really taking away from this is how you give God all the glory. You're like, It's totally God. Mm-hmm. Like He is absolutely hundred percent where I am and that's mm-hmm. just so mm-hmm. refreshing to hear really? um that that is why you are where you are so thank you for sharing that um, yeah, absolutely mark did you have any more questions
0: uh no i that was that was wonderful though thank you very much for sharing your story it's a very touching of story of
2: course it was absolutely yes. my honor and i just can't thank you both enough for reaching out and having me as a guest on your podcast thank mm. you so oh, so, so much cool. thank so you. and you guys are so inspiring to me as well
1: oh thank oh, you, thank you. Oh, yeah, well, of course.
0: Mark, would you like to pray? Sure, yes. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for the many opportunities and responsibilities that you've given to us. Thank you for blessing um, Michelle's ministry, mm-hmm. Widow Goals. with Just such a beautiful blessing that I know is going to help so many people. And Lord, I'd just like to thank you for Wendy and her mm-hmm. outlook and perspective and for sharing it with um, us and all of our listeners. And I pray that it would bless many um gosh you you're such a good God, thank you so much for helping us to to see when we can't see and to helping us to feel again when we can't feel and um you just are there for us, whether we see it or not, and we're so grateful for you and your faithfulness um yes, thank you Lord and Lord, I'd like to pray for um Wendy specifically, Lord, that you continue mm-hmm. to bless her with um healing in her heart, and that her new sweater just continues to be the <laughs> the greatest sweater. Um, <laughs> and so I'd like to pray over that, Lord, and just that your blessing and your hand is upon it. Um, and praying for all those listening, Lord, that they really um, feel like they can also do this, that they can also find their own recovery story. Um, and uh, we just thank you for all the blessings. And it's in Jesus' name we pray to you, Father. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, if you liked this podcast, give us a little bing. Five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. If you have another second, if you want to review it, that would be awesome. It helps get the word out. And uh, like I talked about last time, we are part of Widow Goals now. There's a link in the description if this ministry has blessed you and you want to give back to it. And if you want to be a guest or you want prayer or anything, reach out to us at soon at widowgoals.org facebook all the places just look for widow too soon and you'll find us and i think that's all we have for this week so thanks so much for being here and we'll see you next time bye